Don't forget, we're also on YouTube. You can find us by searching for Bitchy Witchies. That's B-I-T-C-H-Y-W-I-T-C-H-Y-S. So don't forget the witchies part. And if you search for us on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe. Check the description. All of our links will be available in our description for you to access easily. Hello, everybody. How's everybody else? Well, I don't know. What happened? See, what have I been doing since the last time that I talked to you? Uh, I did some more working. Okay, well, tell us about it. No, I just wanted to say, like, I just be excited because, like, (laughs) I haven't done a whole lot since I started. (laughs) Like, since I started, I haven't done a whole lot, but... Like, that was the most I've done in a short period of time in a while, and it felt really good. I'm happy about it. Very nice. Very nice. Had some weird little reactions, but we'll see what happens, I guess. Well, um, I made some glamour oil for Miss Liz. I can't show you that, though, because it's in a box shipping off to another state. So you'll just have to take my word for it. What about you? Just here, working along. Been working on stuff for the Oh, yeah. Shop. I, I made some bend-over oil. <laughs> I, I can't show you that either because it's in a dark bottle, and I'll, all you'll see is just a dark bottle and nothing inside. So I really can't do much show and tell, so I'm kind of a waste. Oh, me and Brandy do have stuff to share, though, because she has some new stuff available. You want to talk about that, Miss Thang? Yay! So excited. So we've decided for my shop and Hestia's shop, and together we are making spirit boards. Yes, we will have both pendulum and like regular Ouija-style spirit boards. Yes. Or you can make a custom one, you know, just throw out some ideas and the plant planches and all that good stuff too that's her that that's her product she's doing custom ones don't come to me for custom stuff (laughs) yeah no no hefia has her set ones that she wants to do and they're going to be fabulous oh my god i don't i just don't want to have to tell you no i'm not making that it's ugly (laughs) (laughs) but yes so i'm kidding kind of she's got stuff oh that's why i always ask you how does this look because you be honest. But yeah. If it looks like ugly, you're going to tell me. 
but yeah, we have some cool stuff in the works. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Make sure you follow her and her shop and her Etsy and all of that stuff. We will make sure to link all of that below. She's already had, do you have any available right now? I've actually sold all the ones that I have already done. Well, I guess y'all got to wait then. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so this week is going to be making some Can they more. get a custom order? Can they put in a custom order? Yes, they can. All they got to do is message me on my Instagram. Or if you follow me on Amino, just message me. Because actually, we already have somebody who has messaged me from Amino to make a custom one for her and her daughter. Nice. That's awesome. So Yay. I'm so excited because they're just everything's so different from what you see in the stores or online and stuff. And you can make it personal. So that's what I've been doing. I've been working with the the resin or epoxy, whatever you want to call it. Herbs, crystals, all that fun stuff. What a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about today. Oh, yes. Ms. Hestia, this is your gig, so I'm going to let you introduce this subject. It really is. So today we will be talking about divination in our craft. Um, so not just not just like doing readings for people, not, that's not what we're talking about today. It's more, how do we use it in spell work? How do we use it to prepare for spell work? How do we use it in and after? Um, stuff like that. So yeah, that. And <laughs> I'm going to make apologies right now because it's Sunday. Apparently, I live in freaking the heart of suburbia where everybody does their gardening on Sunday. So I thought my neighbor was done with mowing and he was, but apparently the other neighbor is now mowing. So, sorry. It's my turn next. I'll mow next, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess yes. I will kind of get this started just because this is kind of one of the few times where I'm like, this is my lane you move over. <laughs> um, I know, <laughs> I know um, some people don't really see outside of tarot. And I think that's a good, this is a good way to bring that up too, is because when you're using divination in your craft, um, for me, more than half of the time, it has nothing to do with any form of cardomancy, which would be tarot, oracle, Lenormand or Kipper or, uh, What's the other one? Like conjure cell reading. There's one other one too, but I swear I can never remember what it's called. Um, so I guess to start off some of the ways that I will use it is, um, is with tarot and that's doing readings prior to um, workings to see if I have the go ahead, how it looks like it's gonna play out. Um, and if there's any alterations I should make then as I'm doing it, um, I will use a different form of divination, which would either be pyromancy or capnomancy, which would be um, smoke and flame and smoke, respectively. Um, you know, I, when I'm doing things, I watch how the candles are moving. Um, how is the flame? Is it flickering? Is it popping? Is it strong? Is it wavering? Um, there's been times where I had fans going in the room where I was and the flame was just perfectly still standing straight. Um, things like that. Like you got to look for things that are 
beyond explanation. Like if it's just burning normal, you can expect it to be, you know, middle of the road, uh, stuff like that. Um, I do also do leaf tea leaf readings, but that's more when I'm doing something big, something more ceremonial, something, I don't know, that, that's not really, it's definitely not a go-to for me. Um, an another way, and this is going to kind of be similar to uh, working with smoke, is I, I do a lot of stuff in the kitchen. Um, I make a lot of things and um, when I'm cooking, I will look for signs in the steam coming off of things or um, if I'm making tinctures or, or syrups or something like that, I will watch the bubbles. Um, stuff like that. Uh, I don't really do a whole lot of scrying, uh, at least not for workings and stuff like that. That's more something I would do specifically like I'm doing some divination shit right now. Um, right. I, I do use astrology too for timing purposes in crafts. Um, to, to me that that's one of the bigger ones. I will take that into account before I even move on to the step of doing tarot readings for it or actually going through with it is the timing right um are the planet alignments right for what i'm doing stuff like that um to me that that's huge if the timing's not right i'm not going to do it right then um i don't know i think those are those are the main ones i use for craft yeah. stuff um yeah so, some of that actually is is similar believe it or not. I mean, I know that when it comes to astrology and divination, that's probably where our practices differ the most. Um, yours is very uh, uh, divination and astrology heavy, and mine is like the diet version. Um, mm -hmm. Not even that. Uh, nonetheless, though, some of the things that you mentioned, you know, kind of ring true for me. So, like... Um, you know, since you were talking about astrology, I'll, I'll start with that. Um, as I think most people who have listened know that I'm not really big on astrology. Nonetheless, I do incorporate some things. You know, we've talked before about the moon phases. I, I do uh, incorporate that sometimes. I don't incorporate it religiously, and I don't incorporate like all the different phases um i'm mostly concerned with um the dark moon phase and the new moon phase uh occasionally the full moon phase but i don't work like in the quarter phases rarely if ever um i do take into consider consideration the planetary hours but not all the time uh, it really, it's like all the rest of my practice. It just depends on the, on the spell working that I'm doing and if I think that it calls for it. Um, the same goes with the days of the week. I don't always um, like to, I don't, I, I don't, again, religiously go with the days of the week. Um, you know, like everybody does, oh, Friday's love spells. That's the only time you should do, you know, like love and self-love. You know, I, I, I'm not really like that. Having said that, again, depending on the working, I will sometimes 
uh, target a specific day. For instance, um, I've mentioned to the girls a few times, you know, I really, really do prefer to do my bankle workings on Tuesdays. I also sometimes opt for um, Saturdays. And the reason being is because Tuesdays, the day of Mars, um, you know, representing war, to me, that's a, you know, a day of anger, a day, a, um, a day of aggression. And so I like to um, do those types of workings on those days or, um, or, uh, or, or Saturn, you know, like to work with Saturn sometimes, again, just depending on, on the type of working, workings. Um, so I'll do that like on a Saturday. Um, <clears throat> but again, it's, it really is dependent on, on the working. I don't 100% of the time go by the days of the week. So um, that's probably the extent of um, how I incorporate astrology into my workings. Uh, I don't do very much in terms of looking at myself or analyzing myself or utilizing that into shadow work. I probably should. I'm sure absolutely. if I asked Sestia, she would say absolutely. Yes, see, there's absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I don't. <laughs> This is my soapbox, so anytime this is brought up, I have to just tell you that the only time you're ever going to find balance within yourself is if you incorporate both parts of you. That's going to be that fucked up part that you don't want to yeah. face, too. But I'm telling you right now, that fucked up part of you, all the anger and hurt and just fucked up shit that happened to that person, the power that comes from that is something that once you tap oh, into yeah. it, once you have it, you're going to be like, oh, I sure. never, ever want to get rid of this again. So, you know... Yeah, if you don't do it and you haven't done it and for some reason you think you don't want to do it, let me tell you right now that yes, it sucks. Yes, it, it hurts. It's pain in the ass and yeah. struggle to do it. But are you talking so about fucking you talking about shadow work? Yes, absolutely. Are you talking about shadow work? Or are you talking about, because um, I was talking about utilizing astrology in shadow work. That's what I was talking about. Oh, I'm just like talking I, about I, shadow work in general. Like you yeah. absolutely, everybody needs yeah. to Yeah, no, I, I was talking... I was talking about, um, I don't often uh, incorporate astrology in those working, even though um, I know I probably, it would probably be helpful. But for, I, don't. I, I guess a tip that I could help you with for that, just to see if you want to, is, mm -hmm. again, I'm going to have to plug this book because I just, I'm telling you, I use this book every single fucking day. If you get the book, Astrology for Yourself, there is a whole section in the back of the book that has keywords and, and things about each sign, but it has it in both a positive light and a negative light. And there are a lot of keywords on each one. It's not like three good words, three bad words. It's like a fucking paragraph worth of words that are both positive connotations and negative connotations to each and every sign. I think a good way right. to incorporate astrology into shadow work when you are doing it is to get that book, go to that part of the book and see how it aligns with the shadow work you're doing, whether you're doing it with cards or journaling or just meditation and just um, look at, look at the negative aspects of the sign and see if it lines up. Cause yeah. it probably will. Yeah. I mean, I know it's something that I should do and I do have any, every intention to do it. Uh, but just in general, I, I haven't in the past, so uh, admittedly so. Now, when it comes to divination, um, unlike these two, 
Um, I don't do very much with divination, um, except for as it relates to the spell work. That doesn't mean that I never do any any divination for myself. I do on occasion. Um, but the vast majority of my utilization of divination is in regards to spell work. So there's two different ways that I utilize it for spell work. Um, the most, I should say, I don't want to say the co most common way, but I guess the most routine uh, way that I use it is um, when I am, it's part of my formulation of my spell work. So I don't just go through the process of what I'm going to use and how I'm going to use it and all the technical aspects. When I have all of that down and, and um, you know, I use, I use the deck to explore the whys, the justifications, the purposes. Am I on the right track? Am I focusing on the right thing? Um, is, is this a methodology, a, a process that um, is the best route for me or, um, or should I be looking at doing something else? And so that's how I use the divination to help guide um, my, my spell work, my process, my formulation of my spell work. And I found that to be incredibly useful, incredibly useful. Um, and it helps me uh, if I, it helps me, honestly, right or wrong, it actually, I think, builds, you know how we always say, and you always hear like you have to be confident in what you're doing and believe that it's about to happen. And I'm not even saying though I don't, it, I don't subscribe to that thought. Yeah, but. Even, yeah. But even, even though I don't, I mean, I, I don't do that all the time. You know, again, I don't do everything every single time. I do nothing routine. Um, but but I have to admit that when I do, it does give me that extra sense of self-confidence because, uh, and it doesn't matter whether or not the cards are telling me that I'm on the right track or not, because if the cards are telling me I'm not on the right track, then I work through it until I figure out, you know, what is the right track for me. And therefore I'm more confident when I move forward with my spell work. And if it is, telling me I'm on the right track, then great. I'm confident moving forward with the spell work. So either way, you know, it, it helps with insight. And for me feeling like, yeah, I'm, I've got this. I am optimizing uh, everything that I'm about to be doing for the spell work. So that's one way that I use it, And that's probably the most common way that I use it. Um, the other way that I use divination is actually I use it within the spell work itself. And a lot of people have probably heard this before, of especially, now this in particular, when I do divination, sometimes it's pendulum, sometimes it, it's, it's tarot, um, it might be a couple of different things, maybe runes, um, but when it comes to actually using it within the spell work, that's always tarot. And um, like I said, some of you may or may not have, have heard of using tarot within your spell work, but, um, and everybody does it a little bit differently. Uh, it, it honestly starts with how you use tarot to begin with. So if you're an intuitive reader, then obviously that's also how you're going to do your spell work. So a lot of times um, the tarot is used for symbology, you know, so maybe if I'm doing a prosperity spell, you know, I might choose 
a deck or, I mean, excuse me, a, um, a particular card or a set of cards that to me represents um, uh, somebody being successful or somebody coming into money or wealth or some sort of, you know, prosperous outlook. Um, if you are one that is not an intuitive reader that goes by you know actual textbook definition, then you would pick obviously those cards where the books define for those. Uh, regardless, the, your your cards are 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 functioning as some sort of symbolic purpose for that. Other people use you know tarot a little bit more intricately. They they use you know full on spreads um, within their spell work, but it's just like any other tool or any other component that you use in your spell work you know you can you can do so in whatever means that you choose i keep it rather simple uh, i don't think i've ever used you know more than three or so cards in a spell because it's not the primary focus of the spell it's just an enhancer of the spell um, but so that's that's for me how i use it within my practice just real quick what about um, you Ms. Brandy? Well, hold on yep. just real quick to to kind of build off what she was saying with um, using multiple cards or spreads in the working itself. One of the ways you can do that, um, sure, you can do it with tarot or I don't I don't think you might. I don't know. I guess you could make it work with Oracle, but if you have Kipper or Lenormand cards and you're trying to use visualization for it, you can use those cards to lay it out so you can watch how you want it to unfold because Kipper and Lenormand cards are very mm -hmm. personal. They're very specific. It's like, okay, I want this person to experience this. I want that person to experience that. So I just wanted to throw that out there in case that was something that you hadn't thought of that that's a way you can do that. Well, I agree. And I think, I think for me, you know, it goes back to, it all goes, back to creativity that's my extremely personal perspective because um you know when you talk about intuitive magic and when you talk about the purest sense of the word you know the 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 most typical magic that the average witch performs um is you know we use sympathetic magic you know like attracts like so there's a lot of symbolism in our workings, whether we realize it or not. And so to me, that opens it up, you know, for creativity. And so as far as I'm concerned, I think any kind of divination and any kind of div uh, divination tool could theoretically be used in spell work if that, if it works for you. You, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you don't really like use Oracle cards for that I could totally see somebody else and, and me actually I could totally see me I've thought about it I haven't yet done it but um, you know that, that that would be a great visualization tool for me um, be, of my particular oracle decks that I have um, just because I'm you know I'm used to them and I'm thinking of some of the symbology and some of the images in them but uh, I, I think, um, yeah, just in general, I think, you know, it, it, it's, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, you know, you're only limited by your imagination. And before we move on to what Miss Brandy uses in hers, um, Bella, don't you also use uh, seromancy wax? 
don't you read wax after your workings or mm -hmm. no? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause that's, that's, I do. that's what that is. That's what seromancy and is. Thank you. It's reading hardened wax. And thank you for bringing it up. And seriously, thank you for bringing that up because it is so routine that I didn't even think about to talk about it because it is so routine. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of us are uh, naturally do that. Um, especially those of us who are more folk magic-y type practitioners. Um, when we incorporate candles within our magic, um, you can read the wax burns afterwards or the wax melts, I guess I should say, not necessarily the burns, um, which can tell, tell you a couple of things. Um, the way that um, the flame burns um, but, uh, too fast, too slow, dancing around, sparkling, popping, um, all of those can have potential meanings. What those meanings are uh, can vary. And I say that because it honestly varies on the type of uh, traditions that you may follow, uh, the type of practices, because, you know, what, what it may mean within hoodoo doesn't necessarily mean that in other practices. So it just depends, you know, what, what you're, what you go by or what you're drawn to. But yes, absolutely. It does absolutely help. Um, and I don't always necessarily wait to read it when it's done. Sometimes in the midst of spell work, um, something will, will catch my eye and I will choose to interpret that as what's going on during my spell work. So thank you for bringing that up. So what about you, Miss Brandy? <laughs> so I'm just like you guys. Well, not just like you guys, but you know, I do use, first of all, I'm going to tell everybody this. I and I know I've said it before, but um, I work with oracle cards mostly because <clears throat> they're just, they're my thing. I, they're easy for me, not easier, but they, I just connect with oracle versus tarot. And um, so I use them a lot to actually determine the way and the, the way I need to go about a working. So I will do a whole freaking, you know, spread to determine what I need to use, how I should go about it, <clears throat> if I even should even do anything before I even start, because I mean, that gives me insight of telling me, okay, no, you shouldn't do this because it's not appropriate timing or whatnot. <clears throat> so I'll do that. I'll also do, do it after um, after some workings and stuff to determine if I, the process went well or anything like that. Um, as Bella said, I, you know, and Hestia mentioned, I, I do use the candle wax reading also. Uh, I, I monitor it all the time. First of all, I'm ADD and I have to always keep going back to it and checking it no matter how far along the candle is. So, I would check it for the size, I check it for everything. I'm, you know, that actually helps also if you're doing a candle working to determine what's going to happen, especially if you're using the candle with a jar. It does, but I, I, do, I do have to interject for a second, though, and I apologize. But um, one thing that I noticed is that, especially newer practitioners, sometimes they do it a little bit too much. And you have to take into consideration all the mundane things that are happening. 
and I'll give you a perfect example, okay? When I do baneful workings, I, I always do them outside. I never do them inside my house. Well, I live in the glorious state of Texas. Don't you fucking say anything, Bestia. I live hey. in the glorious state of Texas <laughs> um, where it is often windy, okay? And so um, my candles burn, as you can imagine, pretty interestingly, but it's fucking windy. So in that case, I'm not looking at the wax. I am not paying any attention to that because there are too many external factors and um, and doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, so you do have to pay attention, you know, to what's going on around you. Also in regards to, and I said it myself that I did it, you know, and what Brandy just said, Miss Mountain Gypsy, you know, sometimes reading it during the spell work, that's okay too, but you always have to take it with a grain of salt because you have to rem remember the spell work is literally in process as it's going. And so the wax is going to continue to change. Some things are going to really stand out, uh, but some things are transient and you have to, um, you know, allow it, you know, wait a while, see if it's if sustaining, you know, how is it forming? Don't just um, look at it really quickly and think, you know, you see like, I don't know, a, a snake that dropped dripped for a little bit and like suddenly you think oh my gosh I'm damned no give it a second <laughs> you know let it let it do its thing you know what I mean it, so I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit more like what do you do when you start seeing things patterns happening during your spell work do you wait um, do you exactly what you said I'll, I'll monitor it and see how it's going but like you said that's not the end of it it's still in process so if I see something that no. does catch my eye I'll watch and see how it builds and where it goes from there. But, you know, like you said, we you can't determine that that's going to be something because the candle's still going and everything around it and the way it's burning is going to either keep it the same way and just build on top of that flow of the wax or it's going to completely alter that right. image or you know, shape or something that you're seeing anyways. So yeah, I'm annoying and I have to check it, but I don't ever really take those into consideration until afterwards, if it stayed the same or changed. And see for me, when yeah. I, when I'm watching it, whether it's watching the wax or watching the flame, I more so watch it in a way to see how it's going to how it's going to work because sometimes it'll start out and the right. flame will be strong then it'll dim and i'm like okay this it's going to work but it's going to have to fight a little bit um right i i that's why i watch it because you can kind of see like okay it's gonna it's gonna get better then it's gonna get worse and it's gonna get better then it's gonna be fine or that's how mm -hmm. i kind of watch it because i like to watch the ebb and flow of it and then i'll know okay it, it'll get to where I want it to be, but it's going to take some extra ass work on my end. So that's why I watch during. That's why I watch the flame during. Sometimes I will watch the wax during, um, but that's that's more for like one specific aspect of it. Um, but yeah, like I, that's yeah, how see, I, I that's I how think, I do it during. I think for for that, 
to me for that it's just all about repetition and practice you know i think over time you'll get a better feel of what you should really be paying attention to what should you recognize as transient and then what you should just recall as a whole so you can think of that whole process altogether when all is said and done you know i saw my candle burn you know really dimly in the beginning and then it did this and then you know and put it all together um to create kind of a big you know an overall picture to help you mm-hmm. um but not to focus on one little thing and then just freak out over it but to take it as it goes exactly i write things down like i'll write like you said how it started what's going on and then you know build upon that after it's done so you can finish looking through and see because there's going to be things that don't come through until after the candle's done you know because you Mm -hmm. still have that much candle to go but i mean don't don't like if you literally just started it like 10 minutes ago don't sit there and automatically assume what you're seeing and how it's stripping is going to be the end result so but i do i use i use that a lot and then of course oracle is my go-to absolutely my go-to or my pendulum i love my pendulum makes it short sweet and to the point but my (laughs) cards my cards i i mean i've got a billion decks but i have certain decks that i use for specific purposes like you know i've got a dark deck i've got a light deck i've got different kinds of decks i've got spirit animal decks especially when i need spirit guidance from you know my ancestors and I'm doing an ancestral working I will use my spirit animal deck all the time no questions on that and then you know like Hesia she's got her own shadow work deck so do I I finally invested in shadow work decks specifically so I could finish that and then with the astrology part Now, the astrology part, I don't really use it too often, but, like, I'll work with certain moon phases. If I need to do a specific day and stuff, then I will, but I won't. And then, now that Ms. Hestia has, excuse me, has uh, done our natal charts, I've been totally using that to work upon because it's helped a lot knowing more. Yeah, most of what I use astrology for, as far as just in my craft, it's mostly just timing. Um, Most of what I use astrology for, like the real heavy lifting is analyzing myself and people. Um, I mean, that's, that's what I enjoy using it most for. But when it comes to actually doing any workings, it's always a timing thing. Now, I have to say... Um, every once in a while, I don't do this routinely, uh, not by any stretch of the imagination, but every once in a while, I will do, I guess the best way to describe it is some insight work. It's not quite shadow work, just some insight, just some general insight on what's going on. Um, I, uh, I don't usually do that on a whim. It's usually a full ritual for me. Um, it's usually if I'm trying to... Uh, have some formal communications with some spirit guides or even some deities 
um, who, as I've mentioned before, I see as a type of spirit guide. So to me, it's more like spirit work. Um, and, and I actually like to use the OM staves for that, interestingly enough. I don't often turn to tarot for that. So explain the OM to people, because I'm sure a lot of people have not actually heard of them. So OM staves are really interesting because, um, there's actually a number of divination tools that exist out there today that stem from ancient times, but there's no really strong historical data that it was originally used for divination purposes. Today, in neo-paganism or in modern-day witchcraft, we have adopted some of these tools and basically turns them into divination practices today. So I'm not gonna say, I am gonna say that OM staves are ancient. I'm not gonna say that the use of them in divination is ancient because there's no definitive proof of that. But OM staves themselves are something that come from the, uh, the Celtic peoples uh, from way back when. Um, they're a series of, actually I have, um, I'll show you a crude picture. This is on my homemade, nobody laughed. This is on a homemade, um, OM deck. It's usually on sticks, but this is on a deck. So it literally is just <clears throat> lines with sticks. Sometimes they're diagonal like that. Sometimes they're straight, um, <clears throat> at first glance, if you don't know, if you're not very familiar with runes and staves, you can confuse them for a rune, but if you look really closely, or actually you don't have to look that, look that closely, they're not runes, but they're just a bunch of, you know, stick shapes. Um, but they are uh, associated with um, uh, trees that in the Celtic culture are considered to have, you know, magical meaning and, spirit, and spiritual meaning. Uh, and spiritual connotations. And so just like tarot or runes, um, each stave corresponds with, you know, certain um, categories and things. And so um, like tarot and like, like runes, rune staves tarot, you know, they're read relatively similar like that. You know, you'll have, you can have certain spreads, so to speak, uh, it's just different symbology, different symbols to to get to your your various meanings. So, uh, but yes, the the traditional, and I say traditional, because um, <clears throat> again, the original staves that were found actually, the original staves that were found were actually on stone. Um, yeah, they were. They weren't uh, some, made out of trees. <laughs> yeah, they actually weren't made out of trees. Yeah, they represented trees. Uh, I think they they have sound. They have some, found some, uh, perhaps on uh, on wood, but really and truly they're stone and big ass stones. And I just don't have the space to set up like you know twenty five stones and shit and <laughs> double them around. And I don't have sticks, so right now they're on stupid cards. Uh, but it does its trick because it's a symbolism that I care about, right? Uh, but in today's in today's practice, you generally see them on sticks. 
Hestia was mentioning, you know, she saw a beautiful set that actually for the different staves and the different trees that they represent, they're actually, the different staves are made on the actual tree, um, the branch, the tree branch. so uh, yeah, they correspond to it, absolutely beautiful. But uh, and here's just, the thing uh, about those, I, I would hella link to those, but they're always very limited in stock, so I'm not going to, because I really want a set and I can't get it yet, so I'll be really mad if they sell out before I get <laughs> so one. So, um, no link for that. <laughs> see, and I have, a set. I have a really awesome set that I actually got in the subscription box like a couple years ago, and they are carved into birch wood. And um, I really like mine. I don't use them that often, but I, they're really nice and stuff, but they do correspond with the, the wood and all that. But like you said, that was not what they were originally made with. <laughs> I'm like sitting here eyeballing these right now. See, <laughs> is window shopping so things like week? things like staves and runes. Um, a lot of people like to make their own, uh, and and you certainly can. And actually, actually, I'm going to use this as a plug. So. Miss Liz actually just made um, a lithomancy set for me not that long ago. She made them out of river rocks. They're gorgeous. And, I have a beautiful um, these set. Are a set yeah. These are a set of Elder Futhark runes. And, uh, but actually, you know, anybody can do this. They don't have to be special rocks. You know, um, I think the on uh, one of the aminos that we're on, we have a chat room where we teach runes. And yeah. uh, the person who's on there that does it, she actually had the kids do a project and just, you know, go into their backyard, go take a nature walk, find some rocks and draw a set of Elder Futhark runes. And, uh, and so some of the kids did, they, shared pictures and they're gorgeous absolutely gorgeous so yeah. you can certainly make your own like i said i i still am in the process of wanting to make my own i've just been lazy and collecting sticks because i'm looking for just the oh so perfect sticks for, <laughs> um, for my own staves which i'm sure i'll never find because i'm looking for the damn perfect ones but um while we're on the subject too on lithomancy this is, this is something that I have just started. I um, am not going to say that I am anywhere close to mastering this technique, but uh, this is a set also made by Liz from Ghoulishness. Um, she made me a set of these lithomancy. These symbols have to do with my heritage. The, these are symbols from the ancient Tagalog language of, of Babayan. And so, uh, so th this is how they actually used to write, okay? This is, a, this is actually, for educational purposes, this is an excellent way to show you how this is for sure something that they never used this as divination before. We know this for a fact, they never used it as divination before. This was how they wrote. A Filipino gentleman sometime in the early 2000s 
decided to take the core set of symbols. The, the alphabet is actually quite lengthy. These symbols that you see um, are what they call the core set of the alphabet. Um, if you put certain dots at the top, it'll make different sounds. Certain dots at the bottom, it'll still make different sounds. So you end up with actually a very, very large al alphabet. So he decided to do something similar like this, put the core symbols on stones for a type of lithomancy and, um, and established a divination method uh, on these symbols. So because it is a part of my heritage, it's something that uh, you know I asked Liz to make from Gullishness. And so I've been trying to work on seeing how to incorporate that as a new divination tool myself. So I found that very, very interesting. So um, the point being is that it goes to show just about anything can be used as divination. And if you ever look up a list of types of divination, you will be blown away because it's probably thousands of different things. I mean, okay, um, I've actually done that. <laughs> I've actually done that because, okay. well, my amino is divination station. And um, when I first started it, my intention was to do a wiki on every type of divination. In my mind, in my noobishness at the time, I was thinking, eh, there's probably like somewhere between 25 and 100, right? <laughs> so I'm like, over time, I could do that. No problem, bitch. <laughs> I fucking Google, just go and Google, just go and Google types of divination and click on the wiki. That's all I'm going to say about that because I was instantly like, fuck that whole idea I just had, that's not happening. Um, I would have yeah. to dedicate the rest of my life to this. <laughs> and um, no, so. Seriously. It, it's yeah. intensive, like there's and, a lot. And it's beautiful, you know, if you think about it, it's really beautiful. I mean, obviously just like what I showed you, that is a very new type of divination, something that literally was invented uh, we all know it is. He's very open about it. Um, there are some that stem from cultural practices that have been divination practices used for hundreds of years within just that isolated culture that people are discovering and starting to use that. Um, and then, of course, then there's the common ones that people know about that you see across multiple cult cultures. But when you put all of that together, literally thousands and you could probably come up with your own today and there's a good chance that somebody else may already be doing it but there's an equally good chance that somebody else is not and you've just come up with your own but you know what if it works for you or if it, it works for you because really what it is and you know correct me if i'm wrong guys on, but for me when i think of divination it's just a, it's just a, a, um using external tools to help, to help you, in essence, um, divine and figure out what answers you're seeking. And so, in theory, I suppose we don't need to use any tools. But if we choose to use a tool, you know, it can be anything. Some people scry and look at the clouds. We all did that as a child. You know, some people gaze into fire. Some people gaze into water. Some people well, you gaze know into mirrors. Okay, well, on that, on that though, 
on the other hand to that, not everything you see is going, that doesn't mean just go out and look at the clouds and like, oh my God, it looks like a bunny. I'm going to run over a bunny this evening. Like that's, you have to look, <laughs> you have to look for the correlations. Like, mm -hmm. do you see this every single time this yeah. happens? Or do you see this every single time something bad happens? Do you see some, this every time something good happens? Like there has to be a correlation there. You can't mm -hmm. just go outside, step in dog shit and be like, well, it's going to be a shitty day. You might win the fucking lottery later. You don't fucking know. <laughs> So, you know, like, what if that's the sign? What if every time you step in dog shit, you win a fucking lotto ticket or something? You know, like, that might not be a shitty sign, literally. So, well, um, now, now, see, for me, for me, though, I don't equate that to divination per se. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me. I don't, I don't equate random signs or seeing signs equated with divination because when i think of divination i think of it's a purposeful practice i have a particular insight i'm trying to look at and i'm going to look at this method so if i am going back to that example of looking into the clouds and scrying using the clouds if i'm going to do that i'm going to be looking up in the clouds with a particular question purpose in mind and then and then uh, try to clear my mind and get into kind of like a semi-translate state and then start interpreting images as it relates to the individual purpose that I'm thinking of my head. Not just like you said, walking out one day and looking up and seeing a bunny and thinking, that's it, I'm getting pregnant. You know, <laughs> uh, so like- Well, I that, think that, that kind of goes back to what really you were saying. I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying about how our practice differs when it comes to divination because I use it so heavily that I'm literally always like, oh, this is happening again. Okay, I know something's <laughs> to come. I literally live my life through divination sure. down yeah. there. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's the difference. That's why I can go outside and have something happen and be like, okay, this, but I will have a recollection to something that significantly happened last time that happened it's it like i said that's why i brought right. that up it's not like you're gonna go outside and you're gonna see some random shit like oh i saw a gopher like you know my grandma's gonna die like yeah. like that's not how that works it's like that that type of divination the type of divination that i do has to be something where you are highly analytical all the time yeah like you would literally have to wake up and analyze shit and that you know again this is where i kind of pull into my astrology and stuff i'm an aquarius i'm a classic overthinker my mind is constantly going um i literally will wake up and analyze everything immediately like i'm awake it's this temperature i can see my husband or i can't see my husband because he's behind me like things like that will give me a sense of how the day is going to go because this is something that i've analyzed every day damn near my entire life so like Bella was saying, well, and like most said, most people will not just walk outside, have something happen, and it mean a damn thing. Yeah. But like you were saying, you know, it's, yes, practices are, are very different, especially in that respect. So it is really more of, and you just said it, it's part of your life. It's part of your everyday life. It's not part of my life, everyday life. And so it's purposeful for me. And so for everybody, it's going to lie somewhere within that spectrum. But I think where we both equally said is that, you know, just random ass shit does not equate a sign. Yeah. Whether you're out there doing it purposely or you're out there used to seeing or you're used to 
seeing signs and interpret it regardless, you know, uh, one offs and one thing is like, chill the fuck out. Everything's not a sign. Yeah, it just kind of goes back to everything we've said about that before. Not everything is a sign. Not everything means something, you know. Yeah. Like Bella says, rule out the mundane first. Seriously. I mean, sometimes your neighbor's just a dick um, and they let their dog shit in your porch or something. (laughs) Like, what do you want? Like, it's not a sign. Your neighbor just sucks. Or or sometimes a random cat decided to drop a dead bird on your patio, okay? That's my favorite part. Be a scientist. Be a scientist. I mean, I'm sure a good portion of people who listen to us, who practice, have some sort of interest in the paranormal. I've watched some sort of ghost hunter show. And what do they always do? No matter how much. Yes, he just shook in. He just shook in. Or UFO hunters, you know, aliens. You know, what do those investigators always do? No matter how strong of a believer they are, they go around and rule out the mundane first. So everything they're ghosts. You think there's squeaks? Guess what? I'm going to check and see, do you need to oil your door? I'm going to look and see, do you have some electromagnetic leaks? You're, they're going to look and rule out the obvious and the mundane first. And then when everything else is rolled out, then you can start thinking about the other shit. Because otherwise, your logic is flawed. Yes. Yes. Oh, I thought. <laughs> well, you there, and that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Damn straight. I'm done. Till next week. Just kidding. Uh-huh. For real, I'm dropping stuff. Um, you do have to rule <laughs> out things and stuff because I mean, not everything is gonna be dropped in your lap as a sign. You know, and like you said with the paranormal investigators, they'll bring pest control in just to make sure you don't have a pest problem mm-hmm. causing those noises and creep, you know. It's or, not your dead grandma. It's a squirrel in the attic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I mean, so we do. And, we and you know to. what? You know what? So I happened. It just so happens. I happen to have an EMF meter here right now, okay? And I clearly, if you guys can see, there ain't nothing going on, all right? But I'm going to tell you, Brandy, text me right now. Awesome. Text me. Text me. Going. Get my hurry. Hurry, and this better work. You see a jump? Yep. It jerked a little, a little bit. Jump. Yeah. Elect EMF, electromagnetic field. Okay. So if somebody, if I jumped every single time this needle went off without paying attention to, you know, what was going on next to it, I'd be running around going, I got ghosts, I got ghosts, I got ghosts. No, I had brandy text. So, um, but that's the same thing with the stuff that we do, you know, it's the same thing 
with divination, same thing with sign, is you've just got to figure that shit out first. Exactly. You have to rule out the obvious first. Then you can go about all that. All that kind of stuff. Might not even be the obvious. You have to rule out the science first. Yeah. Well, and like you going back to the whole, you know, wax reading and stuff and the candle flickery, you know, all that stuff. You have to factor in. Do you have a fan on in the house? Do you have the AC running? Is somebody running back and forth in front of it because, you know, that causes wind? And you, you have to factor in environmental things before you're like, oh, my God, something's happening to my candle. Like, there's something <laughs> there. So. And while we're on the subject of candles, um, this situation happened not that long ago uh, uh, from somebody that asked me a question. They were trying to burn a petition. They were trying to do, you know, just some, some basic spell work. Um, and, uh, and they were concerned with how it panned out and how it burned or how it didn't burn. And from what I gathered, number one, they weren't burning in a fireproof container. Uh, number two, there were there were some things on it. Um, so water did not put out the fire right away. So as boring and as uninteresting as this sounds, I'm I am going to beg you all. If you plan to utilize fire in your magical practice in any shape or form, learn basic fire safety. And I don't mean that just to sound like an old grandma saying be safe. I mean that because that will also help you understand what's going on. Um, you know, especially if you end up using a lot of oils, uh, water is not going to put out an oil fire. Not everything, not all kinds of fires are put out by water. There's other types of substances that different types of fires that will put uh, and different substances that will put out those fires. Um, and it's going to make your candle and your fire react differently depending on what kind of substances you've used with that. And so those are not times to start uh, trying to determine a sign of how your candle's going because you have to first think about did i did i dress the candle with oil what was in my oil did i also dress it with herbs what kind of things are going on because i guarantee you if you dress your candle with oil and herbs the things is gonna it's gonna pop it's gonna do stuff and that's not necessarily a result of your spell work that's a result of chemical processes, that's science. And so you have to constantly have that, that balance of understanding what's happening, but also being open to the metaphysical. And I know that that's overwhelming sometimes to get it, but you know, well, but- a way this that is, you can- Go ahead. A way that you can kind of figure it out because everybody like, for example, a spider. We're going to go with a spider just because I know it means something polar opposite to Bella than it does to me. So I want to use that for an example. <laughs> so if, if I'm just learning how to divine, whether it be as the extent that I do it, where it's an everyday, all-day thing, 
or whether it's like Bella, where it's just sometimes when necessary um, or just when she wants to, but it's not a regular go-to thing. So mm -hmm. if you're new and you're coming in and you're not sure what different things mean to you and you're not sure if it's a sign, instead of going to the experienced people and being like, hey, is this a sign? And expecting them to tell you yes or no, keep a journal. When you see some shit and you think it's a sign, keep a journal. And if it comes up again, analyze it. You have to do your own scientific research too. It's not just about studying books. You have to do your own shit. And if you're not going to, it's never going to quite click for you because you're going to be going off what somebody else experienced. And yeah. So, so when you have a dream, you have a dream and you're just covered in spiders or you walk into a house and it's just filled with spiders and how that feels to me is like, I don't want to fucking live there. That's a horror show. Fuck that. Everything I can do to avoid that is now in play. Now, Bella mm -hmm. told me a story where when she first found her house, the entire fucking garage looked like arachnophobia on meth and she was in tears happy as fuck about it i would have shit myself and sold the fucking house and <laughs> <laughs> you know so so that's what i'm saying like don't go asking other people if this is a sign if if you can find no immediate validation that it is and you've already written off all the mundane but you still can't be like okay well i know it means this journal about it because if it really is a sign it'll come back that's the thing about signs is there a sign of something so you know until what? you figure out that something you're not gonna you know it'll be there and i and i love that that's an excellent point because i think you know people are so especially when they're newer you know they they and don't get me wrong that I love this. I love seeing that, you know, they're, they're sponges. They want to get all kinds of information, you know, and, and as much as they can get, but you have to take a couple of steps back and look at who we're talking about. We are talking about ourselves. We're talking about human beings. We are complex creatures. Okay. Um, there are, yes, there are anatomy books and pathophysiology books that, that discuss in essence, generally speaking, how our body works. But we are not entirely 100% made up of tables and charts, okay? Um, your dreams that you have, um, things that you see, it's not like you can just go to somebody or go to a table and say, spider, this means that. And guess what? You are going to find tables online for that. That doesn't mean that it relates to you. You have to take those and apply that to your own personal situation. Otherwise, you're basically saying that you're a robot. You're just like everybody else. And are you really? I mean, are you that so easily defined that, that you fit into just five different tables? I don't think so. So I, I love that you brought that up. Why do you guys always go silent after I talk? <laughs> <laughs> it's the mic drop moment. <laughs> well, I mean, no, like, I actually had to mute it because people were driving by in like a really loud car. And it's so funny because oh. I hear this car every single day and it sounds like 17 Harley Davidson motorcycles, but it's really a Honda hatchback. <laughs> they should probably I'm get sorry that looked for at. The earthquake looking animals. My animals keep bumping into my. 
table. It's my cat. I apologize. Whatever. Okay, so your fucking annoying. cat to sit still. No, right. we do what we want. <laughs> it's like lately I have seen an abundance of egg posts. What does this mean with the freaking, you know, the huevo all cracked in the jar and stuff and asking people to read it for that? That's what's been annoying me. Is like, do you know how many different ways there are to read eggs? Like, what do you mean? What does it mean? Like, what does it mean to you? Yeah, and that's that's pretty much every time I've seen one of those billions of posts lately because apparently egg reading <laughs> is a new trend. No, I think what it is is with everything being so trendy right now, the few people that are doing their research are being minutely exposed to people who aren't. And they're just taking the little bit of information that they superficially read from the people that actually did their homework and sharing that. And then all of a sudden that gets popular and they probably know very little to nothing about it. So, um, hi. I have a little <laughs> soapbox about the whole egg thing. Okay. Uh, I'm probably going to pick off some people with this, but uh, I get that it's the latest fad in the whole witchcraft fad thing. And the latest fad was divination of using an egg. And don't get me wrong, uh, many, many cultures utilize the egg. It is a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great tool. It really is. But if you're going to use it simply because you saw like somewhere on TikTok, that, you know, some, somebody suggested to use it or, you know, or you're like, you were just saying, Hesia, reading about somebody else who just did it and you're just doing it just to try it out. You know what? Um, we're, as witches, we're also supposed to be uh, defenders and, and supporters and nurturers of Mother Earth. Why are you wasting food just to fucking play around? I mean, uh, seriously, I don't know. I, the, the amount of eggs that I have seen people who have been like barely practicing a month trying to check if they're cursed, I'm thinking, do you realize how many people could have been fed with those eggs that you just wasted? And I'm sorry. Yes, I am sounding like a grandma again, but for, for heaven's sakes, would you please just think a little bit, you know? Before the you most granny thing you said was for heaven's sakes. Everything else was great. You know what? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. But still, I agree, man. Like, first I will of all, cut that out. First of all, eggs, egg prices have skyrocketed. So that's wasting fun, bleh, money and food because most of these people doing this are children. And I say children. And they're, they're, they're wasting those eggs that their parents are having to pay more for now, you know? And to try like, to find out if they're cursed. Exactly, because they're 14 found, years old, you're not going to get cursed by another 14-year-old because you, it's just not going to happen, okay? Yeah, it doesn't, you, you can't just curse on a whim. Please stop wasting eggs. Yes. You know, if, if you're, if you're going to waste Waste an egg, wrap it up, and send it to, you know, some poor person who needs to eat. And then find <laughs> out if they, if they got sick or cursed. There you go. How's that? <laughs> there you go. Yes, this egg thing is just, I had to bring that up because I've seen so many eggs. And just looking at all these pictures, that is many, as many eggs as I've seen. I could have made, like, 
five meals for my children out of all the eggs that I've seen on posted. But, but it, I mean, all kidding aside though, seriously, it pains me because the waste, you know, again, I feel like that is part of us. Part of us is we're supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to be nurturers of, of our planet. Yeah. of our world i'm sorry if i'm something like a hippie or something but um how can how do we do that how can we how do we how do we say that we are you know here to love nature and be part of nature but i'm just gonna waste left or right because i think it's cool i just to me that doesn't it doesn't add up no. that is one plus one equals three to me yeah it doesn't <clears throat> like you said that's our job. That's part of who we are as witches is, you, like you said, we're the defenders of everything, you know, it was waste not, what not, you know, and, you know, I have a spell that works with, <clears throat> what is it, uh, bee parts. I don't just use it, throw it away. No, the whole, I made sure that I use the spell to where it's cooked and you eat it because I'm not going to sit there and just you know, buy some meat and let it go to waste, you know, and I know yeah. plenty of people who use the, you know, the tongue and they, you know, they use it and cook it part as part of their spell because it's wasteful mm -hmm. if you don't. Yeah. So. Hestia is quiet through all of that. Do you have any thoughts on that, Hestia? Or are you like, um, shut up, hippies? No. <laughs> no, I... <sighs> I agree with the whole waste not want not um, and actually a good example of that would be a any working that requires using a beef tongue or something like that because um, in fact there are there's at least one or two pretty well-known spells that require it and um, the first couple times I read one I was like, hmm, I don't know about that because I I love lingua. I'll eat that shit all day. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, if I buy a five pound lingua, I'm not about to throw this shit away. I'm going to eat this shit. So um, if you're, uh, uh, one way to get around that um, is to most, uh, at least in my experience, a lot of the ingredients, you don't need a whole lot of it. You don't need a whole five, five pounds. Um, cut the tip off. It's symbolic. So just cut like the little end off. Or um, if you've ever prepared your own lingua, you'll know that you have to cut the tough outer part out. Use that part because you don't eat that part anyway. Um, so, yeah. uh, so there are ways to do practices, different methods and stuff like that without being wasteful. Um, so yeah, no, I didn't disagree with that. I was actually just taking some notes on a couple things, but um, I guess oh, that was that. my whole thought on that. I'm sorry, I just <laughs> I had to I had to get on my soapbox about that just because it's been really frustrating to me. You know, it's to me it's what it's one thing to see the trend that's already irritating as it is, but then when I see the trend going into you know to where now you're just wasting away just to just to shoot a, or satisfy a passing fancy that, you know, probably three quarters of the people are not going to be doing this a year from now. It just kills me. I mean, it I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you like this, I've yet to come across any divination method 
that you can learn so quickly that in less than a year, you're using it, not necessarily to its fullest potential, but you're, you are not doing this great yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, all of these mm -hmm. things require not just studying, but practicing. These, this is a practice, and this is one of the parts that is really more hands-on than reading. Um, and that's even from somebody like myself, who I, I love to use the standard definitions. I do not read you, tarot. Huh? You live, eat, and breathe it, too. You're yeah. somebody who lives, eats, and breathes it, and still, you know, still and, learning. And, it, yeah, it's and it's very much a hands-on thing. Um, I'm almost two years in, and it's still very much a learning experience. It's it's not a I'm using this to its fullest potential yet. Fuck no, I'm not even using this to half its potential yet. So, if you're here and you've only been here a couple months, don't think that you really just know what the fuck you're doing. Because even if you're comfortable with it, because I've been comfortable with it since the first time I picked up a deck. It's not about you being comfortable with it. It's, trust me, you're not that great at it yet. No matter how good you think you are, you're not that great at it yet because whatever you know is only what you've read and the little bit of what you've practiced. Over time, that card and the way you read it the first month that you were reading that card is gonna be so fucking different once you really get comfortable with its meaning and you can see it play out in different types of scenarios on different types of people you have to learn how to apply one archetype to numerous things. And most people are not born able to do that. You have to be able to see the rigid, the, the rigidness of an emperor in somebody who might come across as more of a fool card. And it's one of those things that you cannot do that unless you've really, really been doing this for a while. Um, because most people see things superficially. This is a lifestyle of looking deeper. And if you can't do that and you don't put the time in to learn how to do it, you're just reading cards. And like Bella says, it'll come across as very cookie cutter, like you're baking a cake because you're just reading. Anybody can fucking read it. But let's not forget also the part about ourselves. We, we also change over time. So not only yeah. is your knowledge and ability going to change and morph and grow, but you yourself are going to change. And so... Mm -hmm. Uh, and obviously, we put our own selves into our practice, our interpretations, um, our divination, and that is also going to change. You know, what, what I thought 10 years ago was nothing like what I think today, and certainly, you know, 20 years and so on and so forth, you know, because I'm a different person. Each decade, I am a different person. Hell, probably every five years, I'm a different person. Um, different person that's every all part minute. of right <laughs> I mean it's all it's all part of growing and changing so it's it, it's not a stagnant like one and done thing I'm learning this I've memorized it I'm done that that's it's just that's just not how this works you know I yeah. equate this a lot and I, and I know I talk about this a lot but I equate this it's funny because I am a nurse I, I use a lot of, I'm always thinking about like my journey as a nurse um, is, is in many ways often very similar to my journey in my magical practice. You know, uh, that really rang too true what you just said, you know, where 
like this happened to me in nursing several times when I first became a nurse, every time I got into a different field within nursing, it's like that first year when you get that first, the, the first few months, you're just like, what the hell am I doing? Then like eight, nine months into it, you're like, I got this. This is, I got this. And then a year, all of a sudden you realize I don't know shit. And you, you go through these phases, th these metamorphoses and realizing that everything I knew was literally just the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more. Um, and that couldn't be any truer than this path that we're all on. Yeah. Is that, um, you know, you, you being you, others who have practiced for a very long time, we go through those phases in multiple times in our life. It's not even just those first couple of years. It will continuously happen. Brandy, would you agree? I definitely agree. Because, I mean, actually, if I think about it, at this moment in the last few months, I've been totally changing and learning more things and stuff. So, for reals, I'm, I'm not the same which are on the same path or whatever you want to call it that I was a year ago because I've been introduced to new information, new things, and I'm tailoring it and incorporating it into my life already. So I'm, I'm altering and growing now at the moment, exactly, should I say, you know, and, you know, five, six yeah. years ago, I was doing the same thing because I had been introduced to new information and new things and I you know built on that and that's what everybody has to realize like you said with the nursing <clears throat> medical medicine is always changing every day all the time so you are having to learn and learn new information all the time something that was relevant and new six months ago in your field is irrelevant and has something totally new to it so yeah. it's just, it's an evolving, it's like a revolving door. You're always coming in and out and learning new things, um, stuff that you didn't even know existed or you knew about it, but you weren't sure about it. And then you find people or books yeah. or information that you can build a foundation on it and elaborate and learn more, which changes you. And I think, you know, you have to get to a point where you're either going to hate that and get really frustrated or you're going to learn to embrace that. And, um, you know, that's an individual journey for every single person. And if that's something that it's like, no, I can't handle all this constant change, you know, then, you know, that's something that you're going to have to work through and think about because um, I'm not saying that every single person is going to be like that, but your other choice is stagnancy. And, you know, you, you can be repetitive and do the same thing. Yeah. But is, is, is that also what you want? Maybe it is. I don't know. But those are conversations that only you can have with yourself. Well, do we have anything else to say on this topic? Okay. So thank you, everybody, for listening to us. If you would like to hear more, we have a little bit of a bonus clip on questions on divination that Hestia has for us. So become a 
Patreon subscriber and you will have access to this extra special little extra recording. So Yay! With that, everybody. Bye. Shall we say goodbye? Bye. to check out our website at www.bitchywitchies.com and that's bitchywitchies spelled b-i-t-c-h-y w-i-t-c-h-y-s dot com hey guys don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms go to facebook backslash bitchywitchies podcast and don't forget the i is number one in bitchies and head to instagram for instagram backslash official bw podcast to keep up to date on every new episode on our youtube and on anchor check the description all of our links will be available in our description for you to access easily Don't forget to check out our website at www.bitchywitchies.com. And that's bitchywitchies spelled B-I-T-C-H-Y-W-I-T-C-H-Y-S.com. Hey guys, don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms. Go to Facebook backslash bitchywitchies podcast. And don't forget the I is number one in bitchies. And head to Instagram for Instagram backslash official BW podcast to keep up to date on every new episode on our YouTube and on Anchor. Check the description. All of our links will be available in our description for you to access easily.